Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. Wow, what an incredible presence of God. I don't know about you, but um, I love just being able to be in His presence. Every song that was sung alludes to what I want to bring to you this morning. So I love that because I feel like then God's going before me and my preparation and enabling us to know that He's on something and He wants to speak to us in a powerful way. Amen? Awesome. Well, it's only 22 days to Christmas. Yeah. Who's ready? Wow. I'm not, and I'm worried. No, not really. So I put my Christmas tree up, finally, a lot behind a lot of other people, but it's up. So in the lead up to Christmas, it's a time where we get so busy. But what I want to speak to you about this morning is to stop and take time and understand that in the busyness, there is a reason for the season, and it's Jesus. And Jesus is the hope of the world. And this is an incredible time right now in this moment that we can actually speak to people about Jesus and not be ashamed or afraid or concerned because it is the season that Jesus is remembered. So whether people wanna hear about Jesus or not is irrelevant because that's why we're celebrating Christmas. And if people say, Oh, I do Christmas, but I don't believe in Jesus. I go, well, what's the purpose? The purpose is the the fact that Jesus is the hope of the world. I want to tell you a little story. So Wayne and I had been going out a long time before we got married, probably seven years, but then we would break up constantly. But that would not be Wayne's fault. That would be my fault just was never quite sure, you know. (laughs) Didn't know if there was something else around the corner. (laughs) Poor Wayne. He was so, so, so amazing, really. But when we were dating, he would say, hey, Ruth, do you want to? And I think, here's the moment he's going to propose. And then he'd say, do you want to go to the movies? And I'd go, yeah, all right. And then he'd, you know, his hope was rising. Then he'd say to me, Ruth, do you want to? And I'd go, this is the moment. And then something else would be, would you like to go out for dinner? Yeah, all right. And then one day, we're in New Zealand. He'd just finished Bible college. He took me out for a drive, looking over the mountain, from the mountain to Wellington, We're up there, the lights, it's beautiful. And he says, Ruth, do you want to? And I'm thinking, this is it. And then I'm waiting. Do you want to go to the movies? And then he said, Ruth, do you want to marry me? And I'm like, yes, finally. (laughs) There was the hope was fulfilled My hope had come to to being a reality. Suddenly, we're engaged, but we couldn't tell anyone. We couldn't tell Wayne's mum and dad because he hadn't asked my dad yet. And that was really important. So we just sat on it, just the two of us. 
But you know what? There was such hope in what was happening with us. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is hope. The fact that Jesus is the hope of the world, that Jesus is who we put our hope in. You know, the word hope means in the English, a feeling of expectation and desire in a particular thing to happen. But you know, in the English, that word hope quite often is like, oh, I hope he'll ask me to marry him. Oh, I hope that this will come to pass. It's more than, it's not really the reality of that hope being fulfilled. It's more just this sense of wanting something to happen. So it made me go into looking it into the word hope in a greater way because I didn't feel satisfied with that word hope in the English. And when I looked up in the Hebrew meaning of hope, it is more concrete. In the Hebrew, the word means expectation and it also means cord or rope. This comes from a root word that means bind or to wait upon. So with the word hope, it's more than an expectation. It is the cord that we are bound to God with. So when we put our hope in God, what I see in the picture that I see is that God binds us with a cord that cannot be broken. So the hope that we receive is this hope that is bound around us and it will never be broken. It will never go anywhere. It will always walk with us everywhere we go. And the hope is the reality that it will come to pass. Because when Jesus says it, He means it and it's done. So we don't have to wonder whether something's gonna come to pass. We understand that when our hope is in Jesus, that hope is bound around us. Can you imagine just this cord binding us to Him? See, the word hope also means to wait upon. And sometimes our hope hasn't come to pass. Sometimes we're going through some really bad things or things are happening in our life that we think, I don't know whether we can see the answer at the end. But when we wait upon the Lord, when we put our hope in Him, when we understand we are bound to Him, this cord that cannot be broken, then we know that whatever time comes, it will come to pass. Isn't that incredible? So it's not just the word, oh, I hope He'll ask me to marry Him. It's the word, I know He will marry me in His time. He waited and he waited. I think he was punishing me actually, but that's okay. In Luke chapter one, verse 37, you're allowed to laugh. My jokes aren't funny, but just laugh anyway. (laughs) Luke chapter one, verse 37, for the word of God will never fail. In Romans 15, four, such things were written in the Scriptures long ago to teach us and the Scriptures gives us hope. So when we read the Scriptures and we look at them and we see the stories in the past and we see the hope that was fulfilled in the past, we can actually understand that right now in this day, the same hope is given to us, that it will never leave us and it will never forsake us. I want us to look at a um, Bible character and his name is Gideon, not this Gideon, 
but the Gideon in the Word of God. And as we look at this story, what it looks at is that Gideon had lost his hope. And I think sometimes we lose our hope. We lose our hope that God is actually there for us. And when we lose our hope, it's really hard for us to share our hope with somebody else. How can we share to people around us that Jesus is the hope of the world when we haven't got hope ourselves because we've lost it? So let's look at Gideon and let's look at this passage. But before I read Judges 6, 11 to 13, I just wanna give you a bit of a background. Here we have the Israelites. The Israelites have come, they've camped in Midian. Everything that they've done is they've turned their backs on God. They've done the things that they shouldn't do. They've been disobedient. God has not come to them in the way that they felt He should. So the things are not going great. The Midians are coming in, they're stealing all their food. They're taking everything from them. They're in a bad way. And we've got this man, Gideon. Gideon has now been called as one of the judges to the Israelites. But poor Gideon, he's there and he's, he's frightened, he's scared, he's lost his hope. He believes in God, but he's lost his hope. So as we pick up the story in Judges 6, 11 to 13, it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in the Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abbasite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to give it, keep it from the Midianites. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Here's Gideon's response. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the land of Midian. Right there in verse 13, Gideon's reply showed to all of us that he'd lost his hope. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Has anybody said that? I think I have. Why has this happened? You're supposed to be on my side. Where are you? He started to wonder, where are all the promises? He started to wonder the Lord had abandoned them. He'd lost hope. The world is losing hope, people. We live in a world that doesn't have much hope. Right now, the interest rates are going up. The prices in the supermarkets are crazy. The petrol looks crazy. Although today it's gone down a little bit. Go and fill up. (laughs) But it's crazy. And the world's losing hope. It's wondering whether we're going to come through. Even in the Christian world, people are starting to wonder. The the fight in Israel, the things that are happening on the other side of the world, we're all wondering, where is this leading to? What I want to declare to you today is that Jesus hasn't changed. The Scripture's really, really, really strong on it. He is the same what? Yesterday, today. And forever. So if he's the same yesterday, today and forever, his hope hasn't changed. The cord that is bounding, binding around us to him has not been broken. So why are we allowing ourselves to lose hope? 
You know, the passage shows that Gideon was without hope. If we look at Judges 6, 7 to 10, I'm going to go back. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. Here we see in this passage of Scripture that we're going back and and we're hearing of the things that God had done for them. But what happened was the Israelites turned their back on God. Everything wasn't going right. Is that me? No. They turned their back. This is not the time to turn your back on God right now. This is the time of pressing in. This is the time of understanding the hope that we have, understanding who we walk with. Because when we understand who we walk with and who's in our room and whatever situation we're going through, when we truly understand that what happens is out of our mouths gives us the opportunity to be able to share with other people so that when they're going through the difficulties, rather than us go, oh yeah, that's right, the interest rates are skyrocketing, we actually can turn to them and say, you know, what? It is skyrocketing. But my hope is in Jesus and my God is the provider. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. My God will come through. I know He will. And I know when you put your trust in Him, He'll come through for you too. Because where does our hope lie? It lies in Jesus. And if the cord that binds us to Him and we're attached then, We go straight to Him with our needs. Let's not turn our backs. Let's run to Him. Let's bow before Him. Let's pray into our finances. Let's pray for the children that have gone away from the Lord. Let's pray for the sicknesses that have come upon us. Come on, let's pray for our workplaces. Let's pray for our neighbours. Let's begin to pray and believe and understand that if God did it before, He can do it again. It's time to press in and bring the hope that we have, the hope that's wrapped around us. It is not the English word of hope. It is the Hebrew word of hope. We are waiting on Him to fulfil the promise. See, Judges 6.14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, because here He is, Gideon, he's concerned. And then God comes to him again and says, go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I'm sending you too. God hears his loss of hope and responds with his voice. Come on, Gideon, stop living in this place. Stop thinking I've left you. Stop thinking that the cord has been broken. I have called you. Now get up and go and do what I'm asking you to do. See, in verse 22, when Gideon realised it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. I'm gone. It's over. But then Gideon receives the hope from God. In verse 23, it's all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid, you will not die. 
You will not die. I'm the hope. Put your hope back in me. And then what Gideon did, as you read, is he goes off and he realises he has to go and sacrifice. And he goes back to a place of being in the presence of God and started to praise Him. We sang the songs, make room. Over and over and over again, that second song where we're saying, I just wanna worship you. If you're going through situations, if you feel like you've lost your hope, don't sit in that place any longer. Don't sit there and wonder whether God's gonna come through for you. Come on, let's go back to a place where we're supposed to be and let's start to worship the Lord. Let's start to give Him honour. Let's start to give Him praise. Let's start to uplift our voices. I worship you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. You are worthy to be praised. In the midst of this circumstance, I am not not going to let the cord be broken. You have wrapped your hope around me. I am standing in your hope. I walk with your hope. I am led by your hope and I will not let anything come between me and you. Gideon's circumstances did not change straight away, but his attitude did. Everything shifted when he started to praise God. Gideon realised that he needed to become reliant on God. You know, if we look at the story of Gideon, he became so reliant. And then if we continue to read in verse 34a, then the Spirit of the Lord clothes Gideon with power. So Gideon listened to the Lord And Gideon wanted to gather 10,000 men to fight the army. They had to go and fight these Midianites, right? And then the surrounding areas around. So he calls the 10,000, come together, come together. And then what happens is the Lord comes to Gideon and says, want 10,000, I don't want 300, get rid of them. What do you mean? How are we ever gonna fight that army? You don't understand, God, there's the Midianites, there's these people over here, there's this town over here, there's these people over here. They're all coming against us. They're all coming against the Israelites. And the Lord comes again and says, hear me, Gideon, 300 men, that's all I want. Why did God do that? He came to Gideon and said 300 men because he wanted to say to Gideon, when this battle's won, no way is it going to be you getting the glory or the victory. It's going to be me because I'm the hope. I'm the one that determines what happens. I'm the one that determines the fight. I'm the one that determines the situations to turn around. I'm the one who can do it. So put your trust and your faith in me, Gideon, and watch and see what I will do. You know, as you read the story and you continue to read, you see then that Gideon has to go and say to these men, and he says, all right, any of you that don't wanna fight, you're tired or whatever, you can go back. So a whole stack of them went back. And then God says, no, there's still too many. So then he says, when they're at the river and they're getting water, any of them that lean down and cup in their hand, they're the ones you keep, the rest you have to send back. And there was 300 of them that cupped 
in their hand. And suddenly the 300 and Gideon was standing there thinking, we're in big trouble. But then the reliance comes back on God. If we're gonna stick to the meaning of the hope in the Hebrew, we are bound by a cord to God and we wait on Him to win the battle. When we learn what it is to truly understand who the hope of the world is, we're gonna see an incredible move of the Holy Spirit in people's lives out there that don't know Jesus. And the reason that'll happen is because we're gonna become so reliant on the understanding that God's in control. God's in control, not man. He's not in control. God is. And so when we see that things aren't going great, we don't have to be fearful or concerned because that's not where our hope lies. Our hope lies in the fact that if God can have 300 men defeat hundreds of thousands of people, read the story, it's extraordinary. I don't wanna go into all of it because it'll take too long, but read the story and watch how they fall and watch how Gideon then has to turn around and go, whoa, but God... But God, when our reliance is on God and we are sticking to the meaning, then we know that God is with us and He's bound to us. Kobe, would you mind coming, please? In Ephesians 6, 12 to 17, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm. Then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hear that? We're not fighting flesh and blood. It's in principalities and powers. Come on, what's stopping you this Christmas from speaking to your neighbours, to your family that don't know Jesus, to the people around you? What's stopping you? Is your faith, is your hope in God and God alone? Do you have your armour on? Are you ready? Are you ready to walk out there? Are you ready to be part of the army? Maybe there's only the 300 of us walking out, but when God's got in control, oh, I'm ready to um, come before the enemy and his hosts because they've got no power. They're useless. They're hopeless. Because when God's in control, His power is greater. It is mightier. It is far stronger and more powerful than anything we can ever see or understand. For in the Name of Jesus, the demons will flee. In the Name of Jesus, healings take place. In the Name of Jesus, situations are shifted. When we begin to put our hope in God and understand who God is and who Jesus is, something shifts in the heavenly realms. 
So what's stopping you? Where's Jesus in your life? Is He part of it? Or is He bound to you? And wherever you walk, He goes. Whatever you say, He's there. Whatever we do, He never leaves the room. See, I think sadly for some Christians is that we compartmentalise God and we say, hey God, you're allowed to be in my life on a Sunday, but from Monday to Saturday, I want to live it my way. Well, how's that going for you? When we're bound with the hope of God, when we've got that cord wrapped around us, He never leaves. So what does that mean? In the middle of the night when things aren't going great? Oh, Jesus, I know you're with me right now. Will you come into the situation? Will you calm me? Will you cause peace to flow? Oh Lord, I've got to step into this situation at work and I'm not looking forward to it. But you know what? It's not my battle to be won. I know you're going before me. So as I walk into that place today, Holy Spirit, will you come and do the shift? Will you cause something to happen? Will you cause it to be turned around? Oh Lord, as I go into this place today, will you let my words be spoken that are your words? Let my mouth be your tool. Let me be who you want me to be. I want you to be who you wanna be in my life. I want people to understand that you are the hope of the world, that you can turn the situations around, that you can turn our lives around and nothing can stop us from being who you've called us to be. Hope. Jesus is our hope. God didn't send His Son for no reason. It's not a made up story. It's real. He came as a baby in a manger to grow, to go to a cross for all mankind. He took the anguish. He took the pain. He took everything. He won it at the cross. That's the hope. And then He rose again. We have hope today, people. So if you're concerned, if there's an anxiousness in you, come on, where are you putting it? Are you letting God fight it? Are you concerned about the finances? Don't don't be concerned. Be diligent. Put God first in all things. Watch and see what He'll do. Wayne and I have seen it time and time and time again. I just feel led to share this one story. When we um, were younger, we'd moved into our second home and there was um, a whole lot of stuff that went down and our first home didn't settle on time and we'd already bought this other home and we're in this situation where we suddenly had to go into bridging finance and it was not in the day where it was 6% interest rates. It was in the day where it was like, you know, closer to 16% interest rates. And we were sitting there thinking, oh no, what are we gonna do? But we pressed in. We didn't tell anybody. 
We didn't want anyone to know. We, we knew that God would come through for us. We trusted Him. Um, Wayne's boss was amazing. <laughs> and he loaned us this money that could help us until we could get back to where we needed to be. So we didn't lose our home. But I got a knock at the door. And it was from a friend of mine who knocked at the door and they weren't very well off. But as she knocked at the door and I opened it, she's got these bags of groceries, sorry. And I said, what are you doing? And she said, Ruth, God spoke to me. And He told me that you guys needed food. And I questioned Him because I said, now they're fine, God. And God pressed me again. And I said, but you couldn't afford it. And she said, I know. So I said to God, well, you better, you better show up because if you want me to do this for them, you've got to provide for me. She went into her bedroom, into the wardrobe and she was cleaning up and she finds a wallet, a wallet that is not hers or her husband's in her wardrobe. And inside the wardrobe was this money and she went, is that it, Lord? And she felt this peace. So she got that money. She went out and bought our groceries that lasted us for a few weeks. It, to- it got us through that period of time. Don't tell me our God isn't the hope of the world. Don't tell me He doesn't come through when we need Him. He doesn't just come through in our finances. He comes through in so many situations. Whatever we put our hope in. Let's put it in God. He's got this. He's the hope of the world. So this Christmas, we've got our carols. We're opening this place up. We want to fill it to overflowing with people who don't know Jesus. Come on, bring them. Go out there and ask. Who cares if they say no? Knock on the next door. Knock on the next door. Keep on asking because you don't know what's happening in people's worlds right now. They need the hope of the world. They need to meet Jesus so that they too can have that cord that is bound around them. Let's bow our heads right now, please. The team can come. With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask the question this morning. Do you know Jesus? Do you know who He is? Do you have that hope? Because He came to the world, to this world for you, so that you can feel the calm and the peace. It says He is the Prince of Peace. So maybe you don't, but you want to find Him today. Then can I encourage you to say to Him today, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my hope? So if that's you today and you don't know Him, but you're wanting to come to a place where you know Him, you want to start the journey, we're here to help you. We're here to guide you. But if that's you today, why don't you raise your hand? I 
want to pray for you. Is there anybody here today? Okay. Well, I'm going to assume that you all know Jesus. So if you're struggling to know the hope of the world, if you're struggling in your situation, if you're saying, God, I don't know. I don't know if this can be fixed. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Come on, stand. And say, Lord, I want you to come and bind me again. I want to put my hope in you again. It doesn't mean we don't know him. It doesn't mean that we don't love him. But sometimes like Gideon, who loved God, had forgotten who he had in his room. Let's all stand to our feet. I'm going to pray. And if that's you this morning, because it's confronting having to stand. But if it's you while everybody's standing, And I pray, just reach out and say, Holy Spirit, will you come again? Will you come into my situation? Will you shift my thinking? Will you help me to praise you again? Give me the confidence to know that you're in my room this Christmas so I can share you with whoever I can to also show that you are the hope of the world. Holy Spirit, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the incredible morning that you've given us. And I pray for every person in this room today that there will become such a fresh revelation of who you are. That even as Gideon with nervousness took the team, took that army and decided he was gonna go with the anointing and the power and the authority of you. That even when you said only 300, he still said, all right, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I don't know how you're gonna do it, but I trust you. I put my hope in you. Lord, allow us to put our hope in you and remove anything that causes anxiousness, fear. And Lord, I pray that if anybody needs to know today that you are bound around them, you are the hope of the world, then I pray that today they'll have a new sense and understanding that you've got this. You're with them every step of the way in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.